Welcome to episode 95 of the Fredcast Cycling Podcast for the week of March 31st, 2008. My name is David, and I'm a Fred. In this week's abbreviated episode of the Fredcast, the Brits dominate at the Track World Championships. Is GM really purchasing Specialized? Cyclists win a landmark ruling in Florida, and the UCI ASO flap continues. Alberto Contador decides not to race in the Tour for another team, Wada pulls out of the biological passport, and Husov may boycott the opening ceremonies. So sit back, relax, and if you're riding your bike, hammer just a little bit harder, because here comes the Fredcast. This week's episode of the Fredcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your donations and for clicking all those great links that you can find on the left-hand side of the page at www.thefredcast.com. Buy products at the same prices as always, but Fredcast gets just a little bit extra from the merchants. Thanks so much for your support. Hey, welcome back to the Fredcast. Good to have you with us on this Monday evening as I record the show, Monday, March 31st. Hey, listen, unfortunately, this is going to be a sort of an abbreviated Fredcast. I'm getting ready for a fairly big business trip on my way down to New Orleans. I like to say I'm going from Temple Square to Jackson Square. I've got to go down there for some business. So it's going to be all news all the time tonight. We'll get back to a regular Fredcast next week. But the way I looked at it, better some Fredcast than no Fredcast, and I'm sure that you agree. Hey, first of all, I wanted to mention to you the fact that we are having our Fredcast 100th episode celebration coming up here real soon, and you can participate in that because we're having a contest for those of you who are interested in entering. Here's the way that it works. You send me a postcard from where you live. Make it kitschy, make it scenic, make it whatever you like, and on that postcard you write your name, address, city, state, zip, email address, and your evening phone number, and then between show number 99 and show 100, I will be drawing at random from among the postcards that I receive, and you could win one of several fabulous prizes. Now, we're still talking to a number of suppliers to get some additional prizes, but as of this evening, here is what we have for you. From Training Peaks, the software company, a Pro Combo bundle valued at $189. That includes the WKO Plus software and one year of the Training Peaks Virtual Coach subscription. From Polar Pack, a 70 ounce gel cooled reservoir and a 70 ounce MoFlow pressurized hydration reservoir. From Erg Video, a three pack of Erg videos for those of you who have a Compu Trainer, and you will get to choose which three videos you get from them. iBike has supplied a wired power meter. Road Rash Repair Kit is sending one of their units. Dave Shields has offered one of each of his books, The Race, The Tour, The Tour to Life, and The Pendulum's Path, and each one will be personally signed by the author to each winner. And The Tour to Life will not only be signed by Dave Shields, but also by Saul Raisin. The folks over at RideClean.net have donated one men's and one women's Ride Clean t-shirt. The folks at CycleFilm have donated two 
DVDs. One's called The Trilogy, and the other, The Road to Hodakam. And this is the stage of the tour that's known as Le Tape du Tour, where actual citizens get to ride that stage. And this gives you a nice preview of what that stage looks like. And I have four pairs of Nike sunglasses. That's a lot of prizes. I've already gotten a bunch of postcards, but make sure that you get yours in. Those go to 6300 North Sagewood Drive, Suite H-461, Park City, Utah, 84098. And this contest is open to residents of the United States and Canada. Sorry, I would do it elsewhere, but the postage would kill me. You can find official rules and all of the entry information at www.thefredcast. And up at the top on one of the tabs, it says contest. Click that and you will get all of the details. Now, of course, there is another way that you can get involved in the Fredcast community, and that is, as I keep saying, to join the movement. Look, a lot of you are going to go out and ride a lot of the MS charity rides in the coming year, and what better way to do that than with Team Fredcast? We already have a number of Team Fredcast set up around the nation. Best way to find that, again, go to www.thefredcast.com, and up at the tabs at the top of the page, there's one that says Team Already, we are set up in Florida for the Zimmerman MS Bike presented by Wachovia. That's May 3rd through the 4th. I've done that ride. It goes from Miami down to Key Largo. It's a lot of fun. The Virginia ride, Ocean to Bay ride, May 31st to June 1st. Here in Utah, Harmon's Best Damn Bike Ride, June 28th through 29th. In Idaho, the Coeur d'Alene Bike MS, September 6th through 7th. And in California, Waves to Wine, September 13th through 14th. Again, www.thefredcast.com and click on the team link at the top of the page. If you are interested in becoming a team captain in another area, please send me an email. There is a link on that page and I know a number of you have sent me emails giving me your interest in becoming a captain. I'll be getting back to you in just the next couple of days. And finally, yet one more way to get involved in the Fredcast, and that is to go with us on one of our Fredcast tours. Coming up this summer, we are going to be, well, we're supposed to be going from Salzburg, Austria to Venice, Italy. We need a couple more people to sign up in order to make sure that this tour goes. We're supposed to go June 25th through July the 4th. Go to www.thefredcast.com or to fredcasttours.com for more information. But time is running out. We've got to... Uh, complete our reservations at the hotels or tell them that we're not going to be coming this June. So if you are interested, and I know several of you who have emailed me are, and you're still on the fence, now is the time to make your reservations. Please get in contact with me right away so that we can go do this ride and have a lot of fun in the Dolomites this summer. Enough announcements. It is time for the news. And there is only one story that I could start with this week. You know, I keep talking to you here on the show about Twitter and how much I love that technology and the ability uh, to stay in touch with you, build that community, and also stay in touch with others out there in the world, including a lot of people who are talking about cycling. One of the great things about Twitter is that you can simply choose words like cycling, and anytime somebody mentions that word, you get a text message either on your computer or on your phone or both. Well, cycling is one of my words, and over the last couple of days, the volume of text messages that I've gotten from Twitter has gone through the roof, and it is because of one event, and that's the UCI World Track Cycling Championships that were held this past weekend in Manchester, England. And of course, who was Twittering? 
but all of the British cycling fans, and with good reason, because at this year's UCI Track Worlds, the British team absolutely dominated the rest of the world, winning nine golds and two silvers at the Manchester Velodrome. The Gold Hall was led by Brad Wiggins with three gold medals, individual pursuit, team pursuit, and also in the Madison with Mark Cavendish. Chris Hoy won the sprint and the K-Rin, and Victoria Pendleton took first in the sprint and in the team sprint with Shanaz Reed. Rebecca Romero took individual pursuit and women's team pursuit with Wendy Hovenhagel and Joanna Roswell. For those of you who may live in Beijing, you might want to open your windows tonight and listen for horse hooves because I think that's Paul Revere. I think he's riding up and down the streets yelling, the British are coming. Because with the Olympics coming up in Beijing this summer, it seems that after this year's UCI World Track Championships, they are the team to beat. And those of you who are going to Beijing or are going to be watching cycling in Beijing, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of fireworks, especially from the British riders. Now, rounding up the other gold medals at this year's UCI Track Championships, the Netherlands, Eleonora van Dijk took the scratch, and Toon Mulder took the kilometer. And Marianne Vos, who's already the world champion on the road and in cyclocross, took the gold in the points race. France took the team sprint with Gregory Boget, Kevin Siro, and Arnaud Tournant. Belarus took the gold in the points race. That was won by Vasily Kirilenka. And Alexander Luzuki in the scratch took the gold. Cuba took hold of home a gold around the neck of Lisandra Guerra in the 500 meters. New Zealand took one home in the Omnium. That was won by Hayden Goffrey. And the U.S. took home one gold, rounding out all the gold medals at this year's UCI Track World Championships. And that was the Karen won by Jenny Reed. Okay, so now I'm going to report on a story that has me just a little bit uncomfortable because I'm not quite able to verify the veracity of this particular story. It appears on two websites. One, the website bikebiz.com, edited by our friend Carlton Reed. Carlton is known to be, well, he could be a bit of a prankster, and tomorrow is April Fool's. But what has me thrown for a loop is that the story is also on the San Jose Business Journal website, normally not known for pulling pranks. Also, the dateline on the story from the San Jose Business Journal is not April 1st. Instead, it's March 31st. So I'm going to report the story, and I strongly recommend that you file it under the take with a grain of salt file. As the story goes in both magazines, General Motors, the car company, has agreed to acquire specialized bicycle components, the parent of specialized bicycles. According to the story, the boards of both companies approved the purchase last Friday, and the deal is expected to close by the third quarter of 2008. I'm not going to report the story any further than that because I haven't been able to verify it. As soon as I do, I will let you know right here on the show and also on the website and via my Twitter. That's all. I promise this is not, in my opinion, an April Fool's joke, but we're going to find out whether or not somebody else is having it on the rest of us. Meanwhile, in a story that we do know is true, Florida bicyclists are hailing a recent landmark 
court ruling that says that the Florida Department of Transportation must construct bicycle lanes whenever they reconstruct or build new highways. Now, this ruling came out of a lawsuit that was brought by a Palm Beach cyclist by the name of Bruce Rosenswag. Also, in the court case were the Boca Raton Bicycle Club and the League of American Bicyclists. The First District Court of Appeals ruled unambiguously that the Florida Department of Transportation is obligated to, quote, establish bicycle and pedestrian ways in conjunction with the construction, reconstruction, or other change of any state transportation facilities. The ruling also affirms the standing of individual cyclists and cycling clubs across the state to challenge the failure of the DOT to follow state statutes in upcoming roadway projects. However, this is the part that has some cyclists a little bit disappointed. On a technicality, the court ruled that the reconstruction of parts of State Route A1A will still go ahead without provision of bicycle lanes. According to Andy Clark, the executive director of the League of American Bicyclists, quote, we are discussing our options for appeal and legal, legal clarification with our attorneys. First, however, we are celebrating an important victory for the safety of cyclists in Florida and the nation. This is great news, Floridians, and hopefully for other cyclists across the United States, because this is a precedent that other states and other departments of transportation will look toward in the future. Halfway across the world, cyclists in the nation of Israel are also celebrating because the cabinet decided on Sunday to allocate 50 million new Israeli shekels, which is about 14 million U.S. dollars, toward the development of a national bicycle network. Launching the Nature and Environment Awareness Week at Beit She'arim National Park in the Galilee, the cabinet voted in favor of paving a comprehensive network of bicycle lanes in rural as well as urban areas. Now, a panel comprising officials from the Tourism, Transport, and Environment Ministries and the Nature and National Parks Authority will be set up, and it will submit an interim report within six months and will also devise a five-year plan to upgrade bicycle routes nationwide. Why? This is great news for you cyclists in Israel. And speaking of Carlton Reed, the editor of Bike Biz, I know that he spent a lot of time cycle touring in that neck of the woods, and this is probably going to come as good news to him and anyone else who's interested in doing future cycle touring in the state of Israel. Moving along to pro cycling news, let's talk a little bit once again about ASO. That's the Amori Sports Organization. And besides owning the Tour de France, they also run a number of the spring classics, including Paris-Roubaix, La Flèche Wallonne, and Liège-Bastogne-Liège. They've recently released the list of teams that will be invited to those races. And all of the 18 Pro Tour teams are included, except for one. Guess who? That's right, Astana has not been invited to these prestigious races. For interest, however, Perry roubaix is on April the 13th, La Flèche Wallonne on April the 23rd, and Liège-Bastogne-Liège is on April the 27th. Along these same lines, last week Alberto Contador confirmed that he will not be racing in this year's Tour de France. There was some question because Astana has been banned from the Tour de France this year, would Contador jump ship at least just for that one race and race with another team in the 2008 Tour de France? 
He closed the door on that possibility this week when he said, and I quote, I will not ride in the tour for any other team. I hope this ends all the speculation and rumor. Team manager Johan Bernil of Astana went on to say, quote, I can confirm Alberto's words. He will not ride the tour for another team. No word yet on what Levi Leipheimer has decided to do about the 2008 Tour de France, if anything, but I can tell you that as of this recording, there are nearly 58,000 signatures on the petition at LetLeviRide.com. So speaking of the ASO, you will remember that Pat McQuaid was very serious in telling riders in the Pro Tour that if they participated in Paris-Nice a few weeks ago, that they would face serious disciplinary action, possibly being thrown out of the Pro Tour. Following the race, you'll also recall that we reported that the Riders Union, the so-called CPA, that's the Association of Cycling Professionals, asked for a meeting with Pat McQuaid and the UCI. They had that meeting last week. And in that meeting, it looks like a lot of the rhetoric was toned down and that the riders and the UCI are starting to talk a little bit closer. In a joint statement that was issued after the meeting, there was a statement that said, quote, the CPA and the UCI decided to intensify their dialogue to safeguard the federative framework, which is currently in real danger, despite the fact it is, it is essential to take everybody's interests and in particular, the riders into account. So the bottom line here is it looks like perhaps McQuaid's threats against the riders may not come to fruition. Because remember, Pat McQuaid's got a little bit of an issue here. On the one side, he's got the Grand Tours led by the ASO who are bucking against the Pro Tour and are trying to make their own rules. On the other side, he's got the riders. McQuaid's already, for all intents and purposes, lost the ASO and perhaps the other two Grand Tours. The last thing he needs is to lose the riders. Then the entire framework, the federative framework that he's talking about, in other words, the framework of national federations that have sanctioned the UCI and the Pro Tour, if he loses that, then the UCI and the Pro Tour fall apart and then cycling is left in a real shambles. So he's definitely got his work cut out for him. Meanwhile, last Saturday in Manchester at the Track World Championships, McQuaid was asked whether or not he was planning on staying on as UCI president. He made no mincing of words when he said, quote, I have no intention of resigning. He went on to say there are 169 other national federations in the UCI other than the French, of course, that want to develop the sport of cycling and who are willing to follow the rules. The teams and riders have decided to go with ASO. We're worried about that. But if ASO create another body to manage professional cycling, and if sponsors and teams go with them, we'll let them go. We'll work with the sponsors and teams who wish to stay within the UCI framework. And then, just to heat up the rhetoric just a little bit more, Hein Verbruggen, the Dutch member of the UCI, who is the former UCI president before Pat McQuaid, said, some people might not like the rules, but there's a way of changing them without putting a gun to our head. They don't want to follow democratic processes. We have to ask ourselves why ASO refused to follow the UCI rules. The answer is, they're setting up another international federation. It's obvious. They've got the framework for it. The
the races, their own officials, and they've got the French Cycling Federation and the French Sports Ministry on their side. Other people can break the rules, but as the governing body of the sport, we have to uphold our own rules. It's not pleasant, and it's not a good time for me or the UCI, but we've got no options. In response, Christian Prudholm, the director of the Tour de France, said, quote, I am stunned by Berbrugen's comments. It is striking, however, these comments on a battle UCI lost are being made by its former president and not by the current boss, Pat McQuaid. He then went on to say, and this could be critical or it just could be a bluff, quote, ASO never had the intention of seizing power, only to run its races. It was never our intention not to respect the International Federation. If there is, as Verbruggen says, a defeat, it is not UCI's. It is that of the officials who confiscated power. Now, this whole flap between the Grand Tours and the UCI has been going on for quite some time. As you know, we've been talking about it here on the Fredcast well, since the very beginning. Got an email recently from a listener who said that they would love to hear a timetable of how all of this went down. How did it start? How did it get to this point? And I am looking for a listener or listeners who are interested in working with me on creating that timetable so that I can put it together and put it forward here on the Fredcast. If you're interested, please send me an email because this situation is not going away anytime soon and it is only spiraling into the abyss. It's getting worse and worse, and it's going to continue so way before it gets better. But wait, we're not done yet, because besides the flap between the UCI and the ASO, you remember last week I told you that the UCI is suing Dick Pound, the former chairman of the World Anti-Doping Agency. On March 27th, WADA fired back. In a press release, they said the World Anti-Doping Agency announced today that as a result of the UCI's lawsuit against WADA and its obvious and inherent legal and practical implications, WADA has withdrawn its support of the UCI in relation to WADA's pilot project of the athlete's passport, better known as the biological passport. WADA maintains its commitment to the athlete's passport concept and its potential benefit to augmenting strategies to combat doping and WADA will continue the pilot project with another sport. Quote, WADA agreed to pilot its athlete passport project with the UCI rather than any other sport in an attempt to help restore cycling to a cleaner and more credible state, said WADA President John Fahey. Continuing, quote, This came following a cycling season and Tour de France in 2007 in which cycling was yet again racked with doping scandals. Since October 2007, WADA has supported the UCI in financial and human resources with this pilot project. But, in light of the UCI's attack on WADA, we now find a partnership with the UCI untenable and will therefore initiate dialogue with other sports in order to advance the Athletes' Passport Project. So, get your scorecards out here, folks. Let's see if we can figure this out. The UCI has threatened the riders. The UCI has threatened ASO. The UCI has threatened WADA. The ASO threatens the UCI. This is like a never-ending circle of people pointing fingers at each other. This has got to stop. I don't know where it will stop or who is going to stop it, 
But the one thing that I'm reminded of was that interview with Michael Ball when he said that a rider's union is what's necessary in order to maintain this sport and keep it moving forward. I'm not a humongous Michael Ball fan, nor a humongous rock racing fan, but you've got to wonder who is going to set this entire house back in order. Nobody has stepped forward yet to take on that role. And as if all of that wasn't enough, VeloNews is now reporting that Tor Hushoft from Credit Agricole is considering boycotting the opening ceremonies of the Beijing Olympics in order to protest the Chinese repression in Tibet. According to VeloNews, Hushoft told Norway's, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, but Norway's newspaper, quote, we sports people do not have any particular responsibility to take a stance over what is happening in China. But all the same, we can have some influence by snubbing the opening ceremony in Beijing. That would be a valid form of protest, and I am prepared to do it. However, from there to boycotting the games entirely is a huge step. In other words, I'll boycott the ceremonies, but I'm going for my gold medal. We'll see if other riders follow suit. The Beijing Olympics are slated to begin in August. And that's the news for this week's episode of the Fredcast and our abbreviated show. Well, unfortunately, that will do it for this week's episode of the Fredcast. I'm sorry it's an abbreviated show. I will be back next week with a regular length version of the show. But remember, you can stay in touch with the Fredcast all week long. You can follow our Twitter feed. Just go to twitter.com slash Fredcast and sign up for your own Twitter account or send a text message to 40404 with the words follow Fredcast. Remember, normal text messaging rates do apply. Of course, send me an email anytime. The email address is thefredcast at gmail.com, and that's good for both text messages and audio comments if you're able to record them on your end. If not, and I do love getting your audio comments, there's a number of ways you can send them. Of course, the first way is to use the Fredcast listener hotline. That's area code 435-258-6FRED, 435-258-6373, or use our Skype voicemail. Our Skype username is the Fredcast. Or there's a number of ways using your computer, your microphone, but web software to send me a voicemail. You can find links for that right on the Fredcast website, and the website address is www thefredcast.com. Well, all that's left to do this evening is to introduce tonight's Podsafe Cycling Music. It's a great blues track from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. The artist's name is Byther Smith. The song is called, coincidentally enough, Running to New Orleans, because that's what I'm doing first thing in the morning. I hope you enjoy the music. It is a great track. I love the blues. It's a great kind of music to cycle to. Thanks so much for listening to the Fredcast, for telling your friends about it, and for staying subscribed. It is great to have all of you out there as part of the Fredcast community. Don't forget, send your postcards in. You've just got four shows left to get them into me. That's four weeks to get me your postcards to win one of the great prizes that are still to come. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for putting up with an abbreviated show between this week and next. I hope you do enjoy the Byther Smith music, but most of all, enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm.